0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Grind Together Podcast. We're the Grinders. I'm Lauren.
1: And I'm Matt. And on this podcast, we want to create opportunities for growth through real conversation. Let's go. Hey, this is Matt and Lauren, and we are excited to be back on the Grind Together Podcast with you today.
0: We sure are. Yeah. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood of the Grind Together Podcast.
1: Absolutely. Today's going to be fun um
0: (laughs) did you even catch that reference
1: wonderful day in the neighborhood
0: yeah who is that
1: sesame street
0: oh my gosh no it's mr rogers
1: okay well i mean pretty much the same thing anyway
0: you gotta get up on your pbs yeah Uh, cartoonology
1: so i got a vasectomy this week
0: you did how are your balls (laughs)
1: uh guys i was not ready for that i didn't think that I don't know why, but the the doctor that I chose, he said that he was doing he he did a what did he say a procedure that didn't require like an incision that was bullshit. They for sure cut open my like scrotum. A, you, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? You
0: have a paper cut sized?
1: Yeah, cut but I on your I don't know. on your scrotum. I'm really glad everybody gave me advice as far as like, hey, you should probably look up the procedure on YouTube. And for some reason, I didn't take the advice. And I'm so glad that I didn't look it up. Because if I went into that room, knowing what he was going to do, I would have been so much more nervous. Really? I walked in confident as hell. You
0: really did. And you were like, what's up, everybody? I like, even, um, you did a video and the wives in the waiting room just were like, just yeah. like, who the hell are you? Well, so
1: uh, yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, I did a video <laughs> and it was funny. For me, I thought it was funny. I
0: thought it was wonderful. It's so funny. It was a come
1: get a vasectomy with me. Yeah.
0: And
1: like, you know how the girls do like, come get ready with me or get mm-hmm. ready with me or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I did that. And I not a lot of guys talk about their vasectomies and I didn't have a lot of people to, to <laughs> ask questions to. You didn't, yeah. There was a couple friends that I texted, but uh, yeah. So if you've got any questions for it, please reach out to me. Anyway, so I, I walk in there and this guy, I mean, first of all, they give you whitey tighties to keep everything tight down there because they literally loosen everything up and they snip your nuts and they don't want everything to, to fall down or bounce around or anything like that. So I put those on first and then I go back to, um, to meet with the doctor and the doctor's like, goes over all my medication, like over the medications and allergies and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, we're going to go to the next room. We go to the next room. And I was like, are you going to give me a gown or anything like that? And he's like, Nope. Just uh, drop your pants to your ankles and uh, lay back. And I'm like, okay. So we get right into it. He's you're like, missing
0: a key point of like what was the most embarrassing part of the what you told me?
1: Embarrassing
0: or like the most vulnerable part?
1: Oh, I mean, okay, cool. Because it's like well, key I'm laying back and he's part. like, all right. Um, I mean, we're gonna get personal here, and he's like, the first thing that we gotta do is just get your penis out of the way. And I'm like, okay. So he just grabs my penis lifts it up and tapes it to my shirt (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah i've never felt more vulnerable but i was like he does this every single day multiple times a day so i'm not worried about it my question
0: is like i don't know why you couldn't have handled your own dick like
1: he's the doctor did they not
0: like did they sanitize it before
1: at that point honestly i was already sucking down gas so it's okay anyway so they give you yeah they give you gas like they give you at the dentist and he's like You're able to control that. So as long as you, like, if you want more, just breathe deeper. And if you want less, then stop breathing it in. And uh, I was sucking on that after he said, okay, it's going to be like somebody (laughs) flicked you with a rubber band or like snaps you with a rubber band for the numbing, right? Okay. And I said, okay. And he's like trying to talk to me as I have this tube in my mouth. And all of a sudden it's just a (laughs) worst feeling I've ever had in my life.
0: Right on your neck.
1: Yeah. And so I'm like sitting there not trying not to like scream, but I mean, I wasn't going to scream, but it hurt. <laughs> and then two more little flicks after that. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to be here for this. So I just kept sucking on the gas and sorry, guys, you're, you guys are getting the full story. Um, yeah. And uh, he proceeds to, to cut open. The scrotum, right? Yeah, and literally it was like if you've if you've ever had like a pair of pliers and ever cut a wire, oh. it literally sounded like that. It was.
0: I don't even have balls, and it like <laughs> makes me cringe thinking about it. But
1: seriously, like I'm not sure. I'm not sure why I was so naive going in there thinking that that wasn't gonna happen, oh. and then it did. So anyway, um, yeah, I walked out. I didn't waddle out, which was nice.
0: I was actually really surprised I didn't waddle out. So I was in the waiting room.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I was sitting in the waiting room with two other women mm-hmm. and they were stone cold and I don't know if maybe they were having a bad day or they had to force their husbands to go or I don't know. They, they just <laughs> weren't very happy and yeah. I was just happy as I'll get out to be there. Um, So I was kind of people watching. It's like mm-hmm. a thing I've been, I've been really bad at lately. Like I love people watching. Okay. And so I was like so intrigued and it's not like a mean people watch. It's like, a, I wonder like, I wonder like what your story is. You him? know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like on my phone and just kind of hanging out by myself. And like this guy walks out in like these like sweatpants. That I'm pretty sure he could have pulled off of him. Like I think they had buttons just up loose. the side. Yeah, yep. they were awesome. And he didn't say a word to his <laughs> wife. Didn't even look at her. Just proceeded to walk through the doors, waddling, by the way, like mm-hmm. feet out totally waddling just doesn't say a word to his wife just has his little packet in his hand and says let's go
1: absolute resentment oh my gosh yeah. it was so
0: bad and I audibly out loud laughed <laughs> which I kind of feel bad about now but it was like so funny to me like he was so angry yeah so then I sat there and waited I'm like this is so funny I hope Matt comes out waddling like like you were like worried that your balls were like dang I don't know like gonna yeah. hit side to side I'm not sure second guy comes out exact same thing Mm -hmm. so i was like well matt's either gonna come out waddling and hating me yeah or him his his chipper self and so i could hear you like getting ready to come out and i was like i'm gonna videotape him because i was really hoping you were gonna be waddling yeah and you weren't um but you looked like a who from whoville
1: well yeah just because i'd sucked the gas so hard honestly and you that were my so face loud. had like formed to the to the pipe. Well, I was still kind of high on that stuff, but
0: it was so funny, and I, I couldn't, couldn't stop laughing. For a second. Yeah. And you literally like had a full bulge underneath your nose to your lip of like a who, like yeah. from Whoville, and you were like, "I can't feel anything. I can't feel <laughs> anything." And I was laughing.
1: Well, here's my thing. So here's my hard. recommendation. I because I didn't even know I was going to go in there and get gas. But I'm so glad that I did.
0: So get the gas?
1: Yeah. So my recommendation would be like, for sure, if that's an option, get it. Because if you're just sitting there knowing what's going to happen, uh, that's a hard realization to just know that you're going to get snipped.
0: How's recovery been?
1: Oh, yeah. They tell you to lie down for 24 hours. And I mean, we've got four little kids. And so that was kind of rough. But Lauren did a good job. She she kind of kept the kids away for a little bit. Gold star. Um, first day, I was able to lay down second day was okay third day i think we're on the third day we're now on day three baby i woke up with no pain but at the same time i don't know how that's gonna end so i feel
0: like you kind of overdone it today but um maybe we'll see tomorrow now, i guess
1: that's my story of my dysphysectomy we are so we're 31 and we've got four kids
0: which i know to a lot of people that's like holy shit what the hell
1: yeah but um we
0: we got married when we were 21 i don't know i don't feel like we need to give context like i don't know we just had kids
1: No, I'm just saying like that for us, for me, I was just like, I'm done. Like I want, yeah, I want to have a good relationship with our kids. And if, I mean, we could talk about parenting all day, but, um, if I added more kids than that, I was just like, there's no way I'll have a personal relationship with each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a stretch to get me to have a fourth kid. So I was like, after the fourth, I'm done. It was. Yeah. So I guess my advice to all the guys out there is like, talked with your wives, um, Figure out your guys' game plan as far as, like, if you're newlywed, figure out your game plan as far as how many kids you want, and then take it day by day after those kids come. Um, and then if it's something that you want are wanting to do for yourself and you're not wanting to have kids, like, have no shame in that. Go get it done. So. Yeah.
0: I thought it was interesting. You told me that if uh, you would have been 30 and tried to schedule it.
1: Well, they say if you're anywhere 30 and under and only have one kid, then they kind of try and, like, make sure that that's what you're wanting to do. Yeah. And I was right. like, well, you're
0: only 31. Like, I have four kids. And I was like, oh, yeah. true. <laughs> so, yeah. But we're glad that you got the vasectomy. Can't wait for the the aftermath of all of that.
1: Yeah, for real. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, But, yeah, there's my vasectomy story. <laughs> we wanted to talk about something more serious, but I thought I'd start off with that, right? We
0: wanted to talk about it. People need to know. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's one of those things where not a lot of people talk about. And that's what we do on this podcast. We talk about things people don't talk about. So... Yeah. Jumping into this week and, like, what happened and life and everything, Um, I think one of the biggest things that is, like, kind of um, big in our lives lately have been um, kind of, like, these, I don't want to call them, like, mini panic attacks, but, like, we kind of just have these moments where things get really loud and, you and I have been trying to figure out kind of how to deal with them on an individual level. It's been really interesting in our personal lives um, to kind of navigate that and to try to figure out like what the hell is going on? Like, why are we getting so frustrated? Why, Mm -hmm. why do we have these little moments where we don't feel like we have control over anything? Right.
1: Well, and here's the thing too. It's because we've done so much work up until this point therapeutically and mentally. And it's almost like you get to a point and like you're good and I mean, lack of a better term plateau, and then something else happens to you. It's like you can't get better than that until something actually happens to you. And we I fully believe that that as the things that are difficult in our lives, um, like as things that are difficult in our lives come up, it's just to teach us to be better. Yeah. It's to teach us the things that actually need to um, get resolved within like our mind, within our body, and to move on from that. And so the difficulties in your life are actually moving you and propelling you to the better you and i love that this is coming up for us now because it's just teaching us that in the future when this inevitably happens again we'll be able to control it
0: yeah right so and it's interesting i feel like a lot of times like i feel like people go on like a spiritual journey or they have things that happen in their lives Mm -hmm. and they're like oh this has got to be it like I've learned from it.
1: I'm done. I'm I'm healed. Yeah, Yeah. I'm healed.
0: Like all these things. And like, I feel like life, life isn't meant to be like that. Yeah. It's very much meant to be a state of constant, like, growth and constant learning. And I, at least I feel like for us, when we said yes to this journey of, you know, self-discovery and spirituality mm-hmm. and all of that, we truthfully, like, said yes to this initiation process that has been kind of crazy. Like, I every day, I just don't really know what, what, what the world's going to throw at us. Yeah. And I, like, feel like I could say, oh, that's so scary. But at the same time, it's almost so exciting because I can't wait to see what it's going to teach me, what I can learn from it.
1: Yeah, it's almost like if you were going in the future and look back at these times, you'd be so glad that you actually went through something hard rather than just stay comfortable.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with our little like mini meltdowns, I guess if that's what we want to call them, like I th- keep thinking of them as like what our kids do, right? Where they have like little meltdowns or they, yeah, you know, pout in the corner or they throw tantrums or whatever it is. Um, that's kind of how it feels. Like I had one today that was really interesting for me to kind of work through and to I couldn't pinpoint my emotions and I couldn't figure out what was going on, but I just was so full of anxiousness. Like I was anxious about everything. And we know that when you're feeling anxious, most of the time that has to do with- With fear. With fear Mm -hmm. and with you know feeling like you can't control things or that things are out of your control. And we've talked a lot on like past episodes of trying to stay present. And how do you stay present in a moment? Because we know that when you stay present in a moment, that's when that fear and that anxiety can kind of go away Um, because the only thing you're focusing on is like what's in like what's right in front of you like what's happening right now Um, and it's such a gift in my opinion like um, our youngest baby helps with that a ton for me I don't know why I don't know if it's just because she's like a newborn right but it takes me just like holding her and like looking at her long enough to be like oh Everything's okay. Like, well, what
1: yeah, sorry. What we're talking about is like a, it's an attachment style. And so when things are going wrong for you, um, both of us, we used to people please a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would, our attachment style is like anxious. And so when things aren't going right, we get super, super anxious. We start to boil, we start to bubble. And then all of a sudden we tip over. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's because we can't control all the circumstances around us on an even playing field to make everybody happy anymore. And what in turn that means is that we can't make ourselves happy. Um, And in all reality, we should reverse that and make ourselves happy. And then we try and make everybody else happy or not even that. Just make sure the circumstances are okay for you. Yeah. Um, And so for me, when with with these things, a lot of it, um, and speaking to the parents out there, a lot of it pertains around trying to work and then also trying to raise kids. Yeah. And then being in a good mental state on a daily basis, trying to do that, and controlling your emotions while also teaching how to control emotions to a toddler. Oh yeah, which is so difficult, so difficult. right? And there's this cop out, and people always say, and you see these posts that say, "Well, don't get married until you've healed yourself, till you've done the work," right? Um, that's really easy to say, but at the same time, the work is honestly never over never right and even sitting here as coaches and like that have we've done two years of work um, and have learned so many things and implemented so many things these things still come up again to teach you something right and so um, in my circumstances my stress responses and that's a big thing that we can talk about were um, is always to like to people please and then mm-hmm. once that doesn't happen, usually what happens for me is I get loud, I get angry, I yell, right? Yeah. And it's super sad because that's me not controlling my emotions, but it's also stemming back to the way that I came up. It stems back to the way that I was, um, that I acted around my family, the way that I acted around my peers, my teachers, all of these things. And even looking back on our lives, and we've had these conversations. And if you're if you're somebody that's listening, and these things happen to you retrospectively, you can look back and say, how did I act as a kid? Yeah. And did I lash out on my parents, on my siblings? Did I actually yell at them? Um, When I didn't, did I repress that? Was I not able to share with anybody, right? And figure out what your stress response is. Um, But for me in these situations, uh, a lot of my things is if I don't take time for myself because I was left alone as a kid a lot, then i get overwhelmed and very very stressed and anxious yeah and so if i don't separate it and have time for me even if that's 30 seconds to a minute to sit and breathe before i go into a room with four kids that are crying every single hour right and repeatedly doing that um then i boil over and it's just so cool to see how our kids even when they're going through so much in their lives are still teaching me how to heal myself, how to heal my past self. Yeah. Right. So it's so cool.
0: Um, okay. So you, you, even though it's
1: very difficult.
0: Oh, so, so difficult. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about doing something for you mm-hmm. like almost every hour of the day.
1: But even before that, realizing what actually stresses you out. Yeah. What actually makes you anxious and addressing it, right?
0: I think that's hard though sometimes because like even... like Is sometimes in, Yeah, like I feel like tonight it was a very difficult for me to say like, okay, I'm feeling like... I could, and you kept asking me if everything was okay and it was like, it wasn't really the setting that I was like, I want to like sit and talk to you, right? Yeah. And I was trying to act okay and I was trying to like figure it out and I was like, oh, it's probably just like my hormones and all these things, right? I could identify the emotion though. Hmm. And so... I think there's a lot of like sometimes it's hard to in the moment to get down to like really what's causing it other well, let's than get down just to the it. emo, just the uh, well what?
1: I just said let's get down to it. What do you mean? So in this moment tonight, right? Yeah. You told I texted and I said, "Hey, what's going on?" because I was literally sitting across the room for you. Yeah. And you said, "I don't know, I'm just anxious." Mhm. Now I said, if you were to put a feeling to it, what would it be? And you texted back anxious. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, cool. That means that you're in fear. Mm-hmm. But if I were to ask you, what were you afraid of? What would you answer?
0: Well, there was a lot of things going on in my head. A lot of things I had like zero control over.
1: Yeah, but name one. What were you afraid of? Um,
0: we... Okay. Um... Like Just one? I could think of a bajillion. Um, one of the things I was probably most concerned about was uh, like the baby getting sick. Because there was like mm-hmm. some of our nieces and nephews had like coughs and yeah. runny noses and... I got really overwhelmed with that. Even though I was like internally, like in my head, my head was really loud. Of like, hey, you're okay, it's okay. Like she gets exposed to things all the time and she has three other siblings and it's fine. And you're overreacting and stop being like this. And and I actually think that made it worse. Instead Mm -hmm. of just like when I initially heard it and I was like, hey, like it's okay to feel like this. I I tried to like shove it down and be like, get over it.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Um, And so when somebody says I'm anxious, Really what it is, is I'm scared of something. What are you actually scared of? Right? And if you come to that that conversation, you say, hey, I'm afraid of the baby getting sick because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Great. We can, can control that situation right now. Right? Mm-hmm. Separate yourself from it. Let's leave. Like, um, like, give it to somebody else, whatever it is. And then that anxiety goes away necessarily. Yeah. But when we just sit there and we're just like, oh, we're stressed. I'm anxious. It's like, okay, cool. About what? And... Go a level deeper and say, what is actually making you afraid of, of, of what's going on right now?
0: I think another thing though, like, I mean, if we're going to have a little mini like coaching session here, let's do it. Um, (laughs) I think like one of the things that was the hardest though for me was, um, like on the car ride home, our daughter was super, super upset Mm -hmm. and cried the majority of the way home. And I don't know what it is about that, but when she is so overwhelmed and so like whiny and crying and like there's no calming her down, like I literally like downward spiral. Like I don't even know how else to put it. It's very hard. It's like I get, sure we can use the word like triggering, I guess. Yeah. And I have tried so hard lately because she has tantrums quite a bit Mm -hmm. of trying to figure out like what is it in me that is like Making it tick that way, like what happened as a kid, or like what does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's like, why does it affect me as much as it does when she freaks out like that like i I literally like wanted to like crawl in a hole and like not have to hear anything anymore, mm-hmm. like I plugged my ears and put my head between my legs while we were driving. <laughs> I could still hear it, yeah, and I get angry, okay. But I can't figure out why.
1: So a lot of things that are out of our control, because you can't can't control her. No. That's an easy, simple answer. Uh, You can't control her and you want to. But as we release control and we give other people what they want, um, then actually we're taking back control. Um, So she wanted to go back to the house. She wanted to play and all these things, right? Uh, The other way that you can look at it is um, our kids are our best mirrors for us. And so like genuinely they are from us. We created them. They act the same way you did as a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like your parents have even said that like, yeah, Reese is just like you. Mm -hmm. And if she does not get her way, like she will scream and she will claw and she will fight until she gets her way. And that's you. It's 1000% you. Um, And so as you sit there and you're just like, this is absolutely irritating me. You can see how your parents felt with you. And you can see the way that you were parented also, where it's just like, hey, and that's what parents do. We don't like to relinquish control. We like to control the situation. Stop crying. It's not okay. It's bugging me, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And so if you were to look again into your past, it would probably Reese is you and how you were parented is probably the way you're trying to parent. Probably. I don't know.
0: And I'm there's a couple, out. there's a
1: couple levels deeper than that as well that we don't need to go to, but it's just, um, just understanding that her crying in that moment is actually trying to teach you something. I'm so uncomfortable with it. What do I need? What do I need to learn? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. It's been interesting. All the things that come up when it comes to her.
1: Yeah. And so another lesson that she could teach you in that moment is, Hey, I'm not going to back down on something that I want. Yeah. Like I am going to claw tooth and nail. Until I get what I want, right? Because mm-hmm. usually, if as an adult, if you ask and ask and ask and ask and ask, and you don't relinquish anything control, like you're going to get what you want. In sales, if you if you keep asking for the sale, you're probably going to get it. That's what kids do all the time. Yeah. So she's sitting there trying to teach us things, even though it sucks as a parent, and that's why people are saying, "Okay, cool, uh, do your work before you have a kid." It's like no as you have a kid, they will teach you what you need to do. Yeah. Right. So rather than looking at it, like, Hey, I can't control my kid or I can't control her emotions. It's like, no, she's teaching me how to actually do that right now. Yeah. So
0: kids are interesting,
1: man. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the, like the, and that's the thing with our, with like us being so anxious and us being so, um, like you said, outbursts or whatever. Right. It's, we're actually learning through our kids, through our environment, through our circumstances right now, even, look, even though it looks so damn hard and feels so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of that is living a life where none of that comes up, just in the mundane, where you're actually not learning, where you're just vegging out most of the time, where you can just tune out your kids and you're not learning from them, where you can just tune out your emotions, you're not learning from those either. Right. And so pick and choose your pick and choose your battles there. What kind of life do you want to live? Just this like lame, boring life or do you actually want to go through some highs and lows? Yeah. So
0: I love that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you talked about understanding the emotion, right? Yeah. Pinpointing it. And then secondly, doing something for you mm-hmm. um, every day, whatever that looks like or yeah. every hour of the day. Um, I feel like in the, past when I've heard that advice, it's been like, it feels really overwhelming Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, okay. I have to like take an hour for myself or I have to like, I don't know. I don't don't know. Right. Like it's like self-care in itself seems like such a huge topic in my opinion. And as a woman, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like you really can resonate with this because I feel like you're pretty good at self-care and maybe I'm wrong.
1: I'm okay at it, but...
0: I feel like you're better at it than I am Mm -hmm. Um, from with me. There's like a lot of like guilt with it where it's like, I can't take time to go do this for myself because like I need to do this for my kids or I need to be here for you or like, I have all this other stuff I got to do before I can get to what I probably really need Mm -hmm. with, like you said, where it's like that needs to actually change. Where like, I should probably be putting my needs first. And then looking at everything else. Because if I can do that, I show up in a completely different manner. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to discredit the fact that there's a lot of like guilt and shame and associated with it. Mm-hmm. Because for me, there is. There's a ton. And so it's kind of working through that. And so some of the advice that I love that we recently got, that we've been implementing a lot, is doing something for yourself, um, if you can, every hour of the day. That you're awake, even if it's for like less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And that for me was interesting because I was like, wait, it doesn't have to be anything crazy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like it could literally just be like, I don't know, breathing or I was going to say, oh, I'm going to write something in my phone really quick just so I can remember this moment or like, oh, I'm going to eat my favorite snack or I'm going to like, I don't know, jump in the tub really quick. Or I'm going to take a shower or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like such little things that I think sometimes we take for granted. I'm going to light a candle and just sit by
1: it. Well, I think a big part of that is staying in your own world. When, because I think when you say that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to take 10 minutes. I'm going to go scroll on my phone or like look at Instagram or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And what that causes is honestly, um, just a lot more contention in your own life because you're, you're outsourcing it to somebody else's world. Um, and you're attaching to that rather than staying within yourself. So I, heard I loved all the things that you said, though.
0: I heard something today that I loved, which brings up that topic of like looking for things outside of yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that if you think of somebody who like you love and who you like aspire to be like, right? Like I got to do this practice today and it was really interesting to me to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you take a second, if like wherever you're at right now, as, as you're listening to this podcast, I don't know you can do it with me because you didn't do it today. So, think of somebody that you, like, admire. Okay. And who you, like, want to, you know, who you look up to. Okay. Okay, you have that person or people? Yeah. Okay. Now, I want you to think of, like, three things about them that make it why you look up to them. Like, characteristics. Okay. Okay. Do you have those... Like, you have those three things, right? Mm -hmm. Will you share them? You don't have to share who your person is if you don't want to, but will you share your three things?
1: Uh, Yeah, they are non-judgmental, accepting, and very, like, motivationally driven.
0: Okay. So, if you had a piece of paper in front of you, and you were, like, journaling it, or in your mind, mentally, cross that person's name out. Okay. And put your name next to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like all those things that you wrote down, you embody already. And we're caught And the reason that you look up to this other person is because you see those qualities in that person and you're searching and you're like, I want to be like them when in reality you already have them inside of you. And so we outsource so much to other people when in reality if we just took a step back we would realize that we have it inside of us. There's just a huge part of us that is constantly, like, probably pushed to the side. We don't realize it anymore. We're not conscious of it. We're not aware of that, like, greatness anymore. And so we outlook. We look to other people to show us that greatness through them, and we get little glimpses of it. Of like, oh wait, I do. I have what they have. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes when we get on our phones, that's what we're searching for. When in reality, it just makes us feel less than most Absolutely. of the time. And so I love that you brought that up where it's like, hey, don't try to outsource that time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like do something really, really small for you. And it just has to be little. But if you can't do it every hour of the day, do it. Set aside 30 minutes, two times a day. There's an hour for you. Absolutely. It will make such a difference in your life. I promise.
1: Um, You talked about mom guilt when it comes to that. Oh no, yeah. Where you're like, I don't, like, I don't feel, and I'm sure that there's so many people out there that, that feel this exact same way. Where they're like, I can't take time for myself. There's too many things to do. There's, the kids need me. My husband needs me. Um, whatever it is. Because they're dad guilt as well, right? But mom guilt, I think, is on a whole nother level. Yeah. Um. Uh. Have you ever thought of the fact that, like, you've actually been lied to when it comes to every single circumstance in your life? Because the reason you're having mom guilt is because somebody told you that you need to be around 24-7 for your kid. The reason you're having mom guilt is because, like, you saw another mom doing something that you are not. Um, and so all of these circumstances that actually cause, like, that guilt and shame in your mind around your own around your own reality um, are from somebody else. Yeah. And... Um, far too often we don't ask ourselves actually what's the best for our lives. We're just taking advice from somebody else and trying to run with the wind. But what that's going to do is just cause so much anxiety and so much guilt because if you're not living up to that standard, then you're bad and you're not doing it right. A 100%. And so what we're saying is that like everybody's life is singular. No one's life is the same. And if there's a circumstance in your life and you need to take time for you, um, and you know that if you do that, your 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 day-to-day is going to be way better, even if it's you stepping away from your kids for however long, then do that, right? Um, because as you sit there and tailor to another person, then you'll start to resent yourself. And you'll start, That's that's when the, I don't like myself. That's when the, I'm unhappy with who I am. That's when the, like even body dysmorphia, all of that stuff, that starts to happen because what you're doing is you're just living for someone else. Yeah. And so we talk about this all the time. We we call it being selfish. Um, but in all reality, it's what is going to make you the best person so that you can show up for the lo- your loved ones in your life.
0: Yeah. I thought it was so interesting. Um, uh, like i feel like once you understand your people a little bit better yeah uh things start to make a little bit more sense um so i'm going to share this just because I, I i don't think she'll care but my sister is a projector on human design we
1: haven't even talked about we haven't even talked about here, human so. design
0: so if you don't know what that is like go find an instagram page and do some de- digging text me i'll send you someone's info to read your chart all the fun things right yeah. Um, I have a connection with that, but human design is really interesting. If it's not something that you've ever dabbled in, like, go, just go look at it. It's really cool. And it really helps you like understand yourself a lot more. Yeah. Um, but my sister's a projector and, uh, that means that she needs rest in order to perform her very best. And she needs to take time for herself and have times like of like solace and, and quiet and like, that's when her genius is like just on fire. Right. Mm-hmm. And growing up as a kid, she was the third child of six. And, uh, I feel like she really like now as an adult looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, everyone was so mean to her. Mm-hmm. It was be really like, you're so selfish. Like you don't ever help. You don't do this. I mean, granted, like, and she helped a ton looking back. Right. But in her own little way, it was like, you're lazy. Like you're not helping and all these things. And I'm like, holy shit. If we only realize like as a human being, she needed to do what exactly what she was doing.
1: Mm hmm.
0: And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what she was doing wasn't bad. She was literally taking care of herself as a little, little human. And, and we've let other people tell us that that's wrong when like that is literally in her blueprint of like, no, you literally need that. She needs time to relax. She needs time. So like as an adult where she has this amazing profession now, I'm like, hey, make sure you're like resting truthfully like you need to rest you need to take time for yourself you need to like have these moments by yourself where you're resting and like it doesn't make you lazy you don't have to do something every single day to be productive you taking time for you to like maybe you're like watching a tv show or you're laying on your couch and just like relaxing because you're so physically active that alone right there is the most productive thing you could do for your day because it's feeding your soul so that you can perform on it Even higher level than you could if you weren't doing that.
1: Can I tie it back to earlier in the episode? Sure. What about your daughter? I know. The one that yells and screams when she doesn't get what she wants. She's literally just living the exact way that she should be living.
0: Yeah, I know you said that to me the other day. And And it pierced my heart.
1: we, We, guys, we everyone does this. And we literally unconsciously do it. Uh, because it's what we were told. It's what we were programmed. It's literally a cord in our, in our brains where it's, this is how we should parent. We should try and control our situation and we should try and control these emotions of our kids and of everyone else.
0: I think, oh my gosh, we're tying things back.
1: But genuinely it's like, even as a four year old little girl, she is the exact person that she needs to be.
0: I think the other thing, Mm -hmm. I, I think I might've just figured this out for me. Okay. Okay, so everyone knows my journey of like my whole spiritual journey of my life for the most part, because we've done it on the podcast pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, And throughout my journey, I have had to have some pretty hard conversations with some people that are really close to me. And the main pivotal overlying theme of that, those conversations are how my actions and my choices portray onto them and how it makes them look. It yeah. doesn't ever have to do anything with me. Mm-hmm. It's like how like what I'm choosing to do and how I'm choosing to live and what I'm choosing to like say and wear and and be is affecting that other person. And I'm realizing now, I think the reason sometimes when I get upset
1: mm-hmm.
0: with Reese is that exact thing. It's like you're making me look like I'm not a good mom or you're making me look like this. Mm-hmm. Or like I, or maybe it's not even that she's making me look like it. I'm like feeling it. Where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm a good mom, because you're acting this way. When reality, like she's perfect exactly how she is, and mm-hmm. I don't have control over her. But it's exactly like it's so funny how full circle that moment was for me, just barely, where it's like actually no, <laughs> like if I'm looking at her, like I like I look at myself in the mirror when I've had the, when I've had to have those conversations with people, where I'm just like. I'm so sorry what I'm doing is making you uncomfortable, or I'm so sorry that what I'm doing is reflecting apparently negatively on you. Yeah. Like I'm gonna just keep being me. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> well,
1: good job though. That's amazing. Glad we do
0: this podcast so I can have these uh, awakening moments of realization.
1: No, that's very cool. And <laughs> in 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 a you being you, for everyone out there you give permission to your family or anyone in your close circle or anyone that comes in contact with you. The You give them permission to do the same, to just be themselves. Yeah. And if we know one thing that's true in this world is that authenticity is the most powerful form of emotion that there is. And if you are your authentic self, um, you will gravitate, people will gravitate towards you that are also in that same realm. Yeah. Um And I want to teach my kids to be that as well as learn that for myself as well, uh, which is very difficult, like very difficult um, because we do as a society. We always hide behind things that we're taught yep. and that's OK. The masks and oh my hell masks. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day because um, people have alter egos and they act one way around some people and they act a different way around others. Well, I right? also think so. there are
0: masks that people have put on us. There are masks that Mm -hmm. like I can put on you or that like my family's put on me or my friends or my coworkers or whatever that looks like. Like, Expectations. I wear a mask differently for everybody, a different mask for everybody. And sometimes I haven't even put that on. Like they've put it on me or they've cast me as that character if you want to put it in that way. And that's like the role that I play for them. And so when I am not wearing it, that mask or I'm not playing that character correctly for them.
1: Makes them uncomfortable. Pisses
0: them off or makes them uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. to kind of tie up this episode, we've been all over the place, but <laughs> we're glad you hung in with us for this long. I have one question to ask you guys as listeners and kind of to us as well. Um, when was the last time you did something for yourself? And I'm talking like, like little. Like when did you really, really, really go back? Almost to like your childhood version of you. Mm -hmm. And what is that person inside of you begging you to do right now? It could be something silly. It could be something playful. It could be something very serious, maybe a dream that you've always had. But when was the last time you did something for you? And I hope that you can write it down or you can tell somebody there's so much power in vocalizing it. And then I hope you go and do it. Because I know that as you do it and as you bring those things to life and you don't suppress them and you don't ignore them and you don't say, ugh, I don't need to do that you will realize how much more whole you're becoming.
1: And then there's a simple realization that you are simply enough. Yes. And that as you are able to tap into yourself and become self-aware and selfish enough to do things for yourself, um, then you are filled up your cup gets filled first, and I love that. So if it has been a while that since you've taken time for yourself, please do that. And understand that if you, as you don't do that, then your stress levels go up, your anxiety levels go up like we were talking about at the very beginning. Um, so we just wanna make it aware to you guys that there's a way to fix the things that you're going through. Mm-hmm. If you're having troubles um, controlling your emotions or with outbursts or outbreaks, um, first of all, there's a reason for those. And second of all, um, why it's happening right now is because you still need to learn how to get, the, get over that. Um, so don't beat yourself up and just accept that we are all on this journey together and that it is a learning process every single day because no matter how much work you've done or haven't done, um, things still come up to try and teach you that you can learn from. So we'll leave you with that.
0: We love it. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. um, And we hope you come back next week.